Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And ahoy. I'm the comic book hunter, but you could call me Hunter. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 39. A Hero Ooh. Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. These comics include, uh, you know, DC, Marvel, and that's about it. Uh, we cover <laughs> more than just comics, though. Comic book movie news, comic book news, video game comic news, really all things comics. You get the gist. Um, this episode, uh, we had like a million comics this week, and my wallet yeah. and Hunter's wallet are still crying. Yeah, I'm <laughs> officially broke because of Wednesday. Uh, these This week's like, comics include, that we'll be talking about, are Action Comics number 1008, Captain America number 8, uh, Detective Comics number 999, almost 1,000, uh, The Flash number 65, which is the last, the finale of the Price arc that we've been talking about every week, Shazam number 3, uh, Justice League Odyssey number 6, and we might briefly mention The Amazing Spider-Man number 16, which I read and JD did not. And yeah. And also Daredevil number two, which I read and Hunter oh. did not, I'm assuming, because okay. he didn't mention it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so those are the comics of the week. But first, before we get to the comics of the week, we cover the news of the week. And well, that's Hunter's section. So Hunter, bring us the news. Okay, uh, gaming news, there is none. Comic news, there is none. But there is a quite a bit of live action news. I want to say quite a bit, but a little bit. Uh, first off, just to get the small one out of the way, Avengers Endgame tickets will be on sale on April 2nd, so... Be ready, because I feel like this movie is going to sell out fast. So you're going to want to get get your tickets April 2nd. April 3rd might be risking it a little bit if you want good seats, so April 2nd. Uh, next bit of news is Will Smith says he's out of Suicide Squad. James Gunn's Suicide Squad's uh, kind of reboot, yet not a reboot. It starts uh, filming at the end of the year, and Will Smith says he can't do it. Due to scheduling conflicts, or scheduling situations, I guess, is what he says, but... Uh, it could just because uh, Suicide Squad was not a good movie, maybe. <laughs> so, what do you think? I mean, yeah, pro- probably. I mean, I'm kind of okay with it. He was definitely one of the better parts of Suicide Squad. But that yeah. being said, I don't think he's a very accurate Deadshot. I think he plays Will Smith in that role. So, I mean, I don't think we're really going to be missing much with him. And I think losing him on the team opens opportunities to get Joe Maginello as Deathstroke on the team. So, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, too. I feel like Will Smith was the best part, but... It's Deadshot, like, you're like a C-list Batman villain, you don't really need to be in this movie. You were the best part of the movie, but you don't need to be in the sequel slash reboot. I'm, I'm okay with it. And like you said, it opens up more opportunities for other villains to come in. So, we don't need ya. Uh, go film yeah, Bad Boys 3 or whatever you're filming. I think it's Bad Boys 3. Or YouTube Rewind 2020. Oh, that's Yikes. hot. Or that's no, 2019. Hot. <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. It's Rewind time. Um, next bit yeah. of news is uh, we got a trailer for X-Men Dark Phoenix, and we also got a poster coming uh, end of this year. It was originally coming the end of last year, but it got delayed for like 300 days. So it's, it's coming, and we got a trailer, and in that trailer, something huge happened that no one really expected. Not like it's like, whoa, that's amazing. It's like, whoa, why would they show that? So uh, Jean Grey, well, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the trailer yet, but Jean Grey actually kills Mystique in this trailer. Uh, it doesn't look like she kills Mystique. She kind of just does one of those, ah, like blast things. I don't know why I did that noise there. <laughs> like that, your blast, I don't know what you call it. Her fiery blast thing. And onto Mystique, when Mystique goes over all Martha Kent, like, listen to my voice, follow my voice. And then she does that. And, uh, apparently Mystique dies in that scene. And it's not like people just suspecting. It's the director literally came out and said, yeah, Mystique dies in that scene. We want to show Mystique dying in the trailer to show that this is like not your typical X-Men movie. People are going to die in this because uh, Disney bought us. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think? Um, It reminds me, the trailer reminds me a lot of X3, The Last Stand, which is not that good of a movie. No. It has a special place in my heart, but like not a good movie. Um, But yeah, that's all about like Jean Grey taking down all the mutants and uh, Wolverine like stabs her ass uh, and turns to dust kind of, but regenerates because he's Wolverine. But yeah, I don't know. It, it looks okay, the trailer, but revealing that is kind of shocking. And then the director just go like, yeah, she's dead. Like that's <laughs> very shocking. But, like, I mean... It'd be okay if it was a minor X-Men, I'd say. I can't think of which one would be okay to kill off. But Mystique is pretty big, not in the comics, but in the X-Men movie universe. She's a pretty yeah, big character. she's huge. Yeah, she's a good actress, big actress, well-known actress. And so 
killing her off like right off the bat and looks like it's fairly early on in the movie too like well i mean maybe it's some kind of mislead maybe the director is just messing with us but i I don't know i feel like that'd be weird that's like a very weird thing to do it's like showing the endgame trailer and showing like captain america crying and then the russo brothers being like yeah captain america dies like the next scene like that'd be weird yeah 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 bucky died in that scene it's like yeah (laughs) it's like you you wouldn't just do that it's like yeah endgame is gonna be different from the other movies because we're killing off a main character and this is who that character is it's like why why are you spoiling it (laughs) granted yeah uh when i heard the news that mystique died i kind of looked i was reading on my phone i was like huh kept scrolling like it's not that like yeah i don't really care too much about the character to really be like what i feel like it'd be more if it they showed gene gray or maybe quicksilver or beast or professor x or magneto and just the better literally anyone else (laughs) the better character's dying but yeah uh they're also they also released a pretty cool poster of a gene gray kind of doing this uh her t-pose and you could see like regular clothing (laughs) on one side and x-men uniform or the other and jd you told me you wanted to talk about this poster i don't know what you want to talk about but what are your thoughts well i mean i think this poster is really badass i think it's different and i'd go as far to say that this is better than like most mcu posters especially of recent like think about all of phase four posters like uh ant-man the lost black panther and infinity war captain they're like the most original like uh sorry not original the most like plain like generic uh posters they look like they take no effort so it's nice to see a poster that actually looks like professional and like really well made hmm so Maybe that's controversial. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of MCU posters. I think they really like reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. And, uh, Main character all big and like kind of like circular. Other characters all around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like how Ant Man and the Wasp has like somebody T posing, uh, and then the people all around them, and then Infinity War has the T pose, and then everyone all around them. Like they just look very similar. Well, this one, Jean Grey's literally doing a. Pose. <laughs> that that is true. All right, maybe I think it's meant to show. I, I like the way it looks. I think it's meant to show more of an X than a T, but it is a really good poster. And this movie has a good cast. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm gonna see it. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna see it. Apocalypse was disappointing, but I'll see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of the X Men movie universe, but not really looking forward to this one, especially when you know it's just like, oh, okay, this is the end after that. But we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it's good. It's not technically the end since they still have a uh, new mutants coming out after that. So also supposedly Gambit for the last like thirty years, but yeah, <laughs> apparently Gambit's still coming out. Uh, yeah, next bit of news uh, <laughs> going to the DCEU again. Aquaman two, it's uh it's official, it's confirmed, and it has a release date December sixteenth, two thousand twenty two. Yay, four years from now. <laughs> I- I'm looking forward to it. I though. mean. Uh- at least it has a release date. I mean, let's look at uh, Man of Steel 2. Man, why couldn't a Man of Steel made a billion dollars? Then it could have gotten a sequel. Yeah, or <laughs> The Flash still doesn't have a release date. Green Lantern Corps is apparently coming out next summer. So, uh, so wow. is Cyborg. Cyborg's coming out no- next November, apparently. I feel like those movies are canceled by now, but they had release dates. They're not happening, though. I feel like Aquaman 2 is happening because they got the cast already, and James Wan, I'm sure James Wan would be up to direct again. Uh, other bit of movies like Black Adam. There's a Deadshot movie apparently. Like those movies aren't happening. No, they're not happening. I feel like Black Adam has a chance, but Deadshot's not happening. I mean, I think it all depends on Shazam's financial success, but I highly doubt it'll happen. Yeah, me too. Uh, if anything, we might get a tease in the Shazam and credit scene if we get one. But as of now, no, it's I not gonna happen. That. But yeah, it has a release yeah. date. Gonna star. Jason Momoa is Aquaman again. I'm sure Amber Heard is Murrah again. We're going to get Black Adam. We might get Orm. I'm hoping we get Orm. But Black Manta nice. for sure. Yeah. Hopefully Orm kills uh, Mama Aquaman here. I don't I don't like how their par- their mom's alive in this movie. I feel like Orm should kill her. Like in the animated movie. But yeah. That's just my opinion. I hope it happens. Aquaman 2 coming in a theater near you in four years. So... <laughs> And that's it yeah. for that's it for the news. Now for the tons of the thousands of hundreds of comics, I think I named eight actually in total, <laughs> but there's quite a bit of comics to talk about. So JD, do your do your thing. 
All right, welcome to the comic section where we talk about comics because this is what this podcast is all about. Comics. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the big one of the week, uh, the one that has everyone on the edge of their seat. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number six. Number oh, I six forgot to mention nine, that. So we're officially. <laughs> How did you forget the biggest one? I mean, I come yeah. on, Hunter. I, I totally forgot to mention that. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, Heroes in Crisis number six. We're two thirds of the way through, and uh, yeah, it's gonna finish before Doomsday Clock. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> despite Doomsday Clock having like a one year lead on it, both uh, anyway, uh, both Doomsday Clock and Heroes in Crisis have three issues left. And Heroes in Crisis started yeah. like what November, I think. Yeah. Oh no! no, it uh, no like September was September, it? I think. Yeah. Or Still. maybe like beginning of October. It was early though. Yeah, it was. Okay, continue. So. So, uh, Heroes in Crisis number six. Uh, this issue reads a lot like number three did, where it focuses on three different characters and their uh, their interviews, their kind of backstory a little bit, or like uh, what what they're thinking of during their time at the sanctuary. And uh, the three characters that are covered are Wally West, Harley Quinn, and uh, Gnark. Gnark. I, I think. Don't know I think it's just pronounced Nark. Nark. Okay. Nark. Okay. Did yeah. Didn't really know that, but uh, so uh, Wally West, as everyone knows, is my favorite. Uh, Harley Quinn is my least favorite, and uh, Narc uh, yeah, is your other favorite. He's okay, <laughs> he's my other favorite. For those who don't know, favorite. yeah, I guess Narc isn't that well known of a character, but Narc is basically a caveman in modern times who also happens to be a titan. Sometimes he was in New Fifty Two yeah. Titans, well, like Titan Hunt. So yeah. Yeah. And very oddly, uh, he was at Roy's funeral in Green Arrow number 45, so continuity errors, get, that's going to get Hunter mad. Oh, oh God, he was. I forget, Oh, I mentioned this, I like, you, I think don't raised remind that on the podcast, me. But. <laughs> <laughs> he did mention this. Oh, I, okay, carry on. Anyway, <laughs> so um, in, in Narc's uh, little three-panel interview, uh, he talks about what saving means and uh he says that he doesn't know what is saved and that he doesn't know many things so thank you tom king for the brilliant dialogue uh wally west uh talks about so it's a really overcomplicated way to talk about it like i have a big problem with uh and i know this is just tom king style but i feel like he says like fairly simple things but overcomplicates the hell out of how he says them and it's just uh, it gives me a headache. Like yeah. I'm just gonna read Wally West. Wally West's little speech bubbles. It's three panels. He says, "I don't like to talk about that." Barry and I we're from the Midwest. You don't. Well, if I call it bragging, that's almost just the same as bragging. And you don't. You know. Let's just say it wasn't enough. Whatever the number is, it should have been higher. There were more, and I didn't want that. Uh, I'm sorry, and I didn't. And that's what matters. So, yeah, like a million, like, dot, dot, dot in the middle of, like, all of his sentences. And uh, so basically he's talking about, like, saving people and if the numbers matter or not. And yeah, I feel like it, it could have just been expressed, like, so much simpler. I think King's trying to make it be like, oh, this is how people talk when they're, like, nervous. Which, yeah, I guess some people would. So I understand that. But just reading it just seems, sounds so weird because while he seems more confident in these uh, interview panels than he does later on when he's alone so it doesn't work for me yeah and i i don't know i read that like five times and i'm just like like it just felt so overcomplicated to me and it still feels overcomplicated to me and like i said i get that it's king style but like oh my god i just got a headache reading that panel anyway uh harley quinn talks about um she asked the interviewer how many people did you save so thank you harley quinn very cool uh, then we get like each page is uh, somebody's story. So Narc is laying on either a sleeping or a dead uh, woolly mammoth. And um, yeah, Tom King, this issue just went like so overboard with the speech bubbles. There's like 30 speech bubbles on this page. And there's another page with even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Narc talks about uh, being frozen and when he came to the new world and being a superhero and how the stars are pretty. So, yeah, Narc uh, having kind of a deep talk. I, I think Narc's story was actually fairly well done. Oh, that was uh, really well done, yeah. It, it's interesting because, like, he's not exactly the smartest, but then the way he kind of talks, e- even though it's, like, caveman talk, it's kind of smart caveman yeah, talk. Yeah, he, he, like, talks, like he talks, talks in, like, third person. It's like, Narc is hungry. Narc go fight man to get food. and But the things he says 
is like kind of deep in a way and makes sense. It's just the way he says it is like a caveman. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then in Wally's panel, which was released like kind of early in the preview, uh, it's the iconic him hugging Barry from DC Rebirth number one, but it's reversed. Uh, and things are different now. How could I ever forget you? And then Wally, you're finally here. It's the return of hope. And then Wally is sad. And he said, where's my family? And then uh, for Harley's page, she's bored hanging out with Poison Ivy. And uh, she refers to Poison Ivy as pretty girl, pretty much the whole issue. So yeah. I guess Tom King is kind of making them a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. not like an official thing, but like kind of a thing. I'm okay with that. And if They've been like kind of on again, off again with uh, whether Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are a thing or not. I mean, I think it makes sense. And I thought it was, I thought it's always been done pretty well. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. But yeah, she's pretty bored. Uh, then we go like so it keeps flipping like through the three of them. So now we're back to Narc. He kills uh, a saber toothed tiger with uh, like a stone, and then he lies next to its dead body with like covered in blood. It's actually kind of gross. <laughs> but the art is really well done here. Uh, Mitch Gerards did the art for yep. this one. Uh, he did like the Mister Miracle series and Sheriff of Babylon. He's a he's a, like a huge friend of Tom King. They're like besties, and uh, yeah, so he did really good art on this one. Uh, so Narc again with the deep talk and about how um, about like fearing death and just his life and like like Hunter said it's like very short and blunt what he says but it kind of hits deep so I, I will I will say Tom King well done with that uh, then we get Superman mm-hmm. and the Titans hugging Wally West talking about how he's what's been missing all those years aka the New Fifty Two and how he's hope and. Wally can't be hope because, well, his family's gone. Like after every hug, he still just looks depressed. All right. And then, uh, well, All right. This hold on. This scene. <laughs> Let's just talk about this okay. scene for a second. So, okay. Go ahead. Wally West. He's like, Superman. I'm back. And Superman's like, Flash, you're back. And Wally looks kind of sad, and he's sad because he realizes like all those years are gone. His family is gone. What is he gonna do? That's understandable because in Titans number seven. That actually kind of happens. They didn't really embrace, and Wally didn't seem sad, but he was serious when he first saw Superman. Like, my family's gone. I, I kind of, str- I'm trying to, I'm struggling right now. And he was like stuttering a lot. And Superman was like, "Hey, I understand what you're going through." But later on in Heroes in Crisis, we see Wally West hug Dick as Nightwing. We see Donna. We see uh, Roy, and he looks sad hugging them, even though they're all happy. Now in Titans. I guess I'll say volume one because it's kind of the full arc, not just issue one. Wally West is back and he's sad, but he's not just sad because his family's gone. Like, he doesn't really know that his family's gone. He's sad because no one remembers him. But as soon as the Titans remember him, you know, Nightwing, Roy, Donna, he gets happy again. Even though the happiness doesn't last, he's happy to see his friends. So when his friends go to embrace him, he has this big smile on his face. But Tom King is saying he's depressed at this point, which isn't isn't really true. So you know you know what I mean. I mean, I mean I think this is supposed to be like a darker reflection of what actually happened. So like even with when he sees uh, Barry, right? When that happened originally, it's all smiles and everything's happy because he's back. But now like he has more time to ponder on, it and it's like where's my family? So that's like a darker reflection, and it's like flipped. So it's supposed to be a reflection. Him hugging the Titans and reuniting with Titans, it's a darker reflection of what happened. So even though it was like all smiles when he met the Titans, now it's like, damn, I'm I'm supposed to be hope, but like where you know I I'm not hopeful myself about my family. So I, I kind of understand what he was doing. It's just like a dark reflection, and that's what he's seeing in the sanctuary. Yeah, I guess because it's just like basically what those are were not true memories. They're more thinking looking it's a darker back. reflection of a real memory yeah yeah because like the real memory he was happy but i guess now he's sad and he realizes during then that he was hiding his emotions but i just i thought it was weird seeing him all sad to see his friends when in reality he was really happy so yeah yeah i mean i mean i i kind of get what king was going for but anyway yeah. uh harley in harley's little page uh she hits the joker in the face and he tells like a terrible joke and uh, this is a fake joker too by the way yeah it's, it's just like a virtual joker it's the sanctuary making it and poison ivy's just trying to make her feel better but i mean no matter what harley goes through with joker she's always kind of depressed mm-hmm. uh more narc he's writing like uh now he's riding a woolly mammoth it might be the same woolly mammoth as before so maybe it was sleeping uh and he talks about how he's part of nature and you know 
Narc and Life are good. So, yeah, good old Narc. Uh, Wally's with the Titans, and they're all facing off against a villain. And it's like, all right, Titans, go. And Wally's talking about how everyone was so excited and how there was supposed to be hope, but how could he have hope without Linda, Jai, Iris? So obviously missing his family a lot, and he wants to be hopeful for everyone, but how could he be hopeful when he doesn't have hope himself? So, all right, yeah, good message. Yeah. Uh, Harley and Poison Ivy. This is the page I was talking about with the 10 million speech bubbles. <laughs> uh-huh. I get like a headache just trying to follow them. Uh, I didn't like the speech bubbles too. I thought the writing wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. So Harley's talking about how, um, you know, all those hitting the Joker isn't really helping and Poison Ivy's sorry about that, but she's like, oh, don't be sorry. You know, it's not your fault. At least I'm not bored anymore. And then um, Poison Ivy admits why she's here and, you know, that she's sick and she has all these plants and she's crazy, which, okay, I think we already know this. And uh, she says maybe that's why she keeps trying and nothing helps, but, you know, she's in sanctuary to get that help. Maybe she can find something that helps. Um, so I, I thought the Harley and Poison Ivy pages were the weakest out of the three stories here. Oh, yeah, okay, I could agree. I didn't think they were that bad, but I guess comparing to Narcs and Wallys. I, I, I personally didn't think they were good at all. That's, that's Maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh, Nark is fighting another caveman, and uh, they both want to eat, so they have to fight. And then he squashes his head with a rock. It's like really graphic pages every time Nark does something. And uh, it, it's really just like a whole reflection about life. So, it, again, pretty deep, pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, of course, we're back to Wally West because we got to keep cycling between three. And... Uh, he puts on like a white hood and the mask, which is, I guess, to uh, seal his identity. And then he's back in his bed and he's laying down and he talks about how he feels so alone. You know, without his family, he feels alone, even though, you know, and th- th- this is a reflection of how Wally has felt throughout Rebirth, being alone. He, he, when he's not the Flash, he feels alone. So interesting. But then somebody says, Wally, you're not alone. And then we flip back to Harley, who uh, is... She's like sees a joker in the field and he tells another bad joke and he gets like hit in the chest with like a plant and uh, Poison Ivy did it. So, yeah, that was interesting. Makes Harley laugh. And uh, they bring up another joker and they're like, yeah, make this one more obnoxious. So, yeah, it's it's basically (laughs) when Harley fights Joker by herself, she feels really depressed. But when Harley kind of or not Harley, when Penella, is that Poison Ivy? Pamela. Pamela. Yeah. When Pamela kind of helps, it makes Harley feel better. You know, it's like, imagine like your fear is heights. And to get over that fear, you got to face that height. Imagine doing it alone with your friend. Like, say you got to go bungee jumping and you're going to do it alone. But it's really hard doing it alone. But if you have a friend doing it with you, it would be easier. That's that's a comparison yeah. of just murdering your ex, <laughs> I guess, in a way, who happens to be the Joker yeah. and a murderer or... or so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Nark gets off his woolly mammoth and he tells the sanctuary that he's done seeing this and he heads back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Uh, when he gets back to. <laughs> so, so uh, Wally West uh, is going through like an all white. I don't know if it's supposed to be the Speed Force or not, but it's like all white around him. Yeah, and, uh, okay. This is, this is confusing. What is this? I'm thinking it's. I'm thinking it's the Speed Force, so uh, he tells somebody, wait, slow down, as the emergency is blaring in the background. And it looks like he's going through the Speed Force, which reinforces the theory that there's another version of Wally, or at least another speedster who killed everyone. So maybe Wally's the killer. Uh, but yeah, he says, wait, slow down to somebody. No, we're not really sure who, but it looks like he's coming out of the Speed Force, to me at least. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's really hard to tell. I mean, though. the speed force is usually shown as more yellow, and this is all white. So it, I guess there's a chance it couldn't, but if it's not, I don't know where he's coming from. Unless he's just coming from, like, a memory, which I guess is also, also like, you know. the Yeah, in the sanctuary. What, what, yeah. That's what I was thinking. But speed force, that's interesting, and I feel like that's definitely possible. Okay. I, I only say speed force because he said wait slow down so i feel like he's talking to another speedster who's leaving the speed force and i guess that could reinforce the theory about the body being five days too old and it's another wally coming out of the speed force maybe give me something here <laughs> uh maybe yeah uh, I guess harley so. and harley and poison ivy are in the field 
field and they want wine. But uh, the emergency is blaring off, so Poison Ivy's like, I got to go. I'll be back. Don't go, Harley, unless I don't come back. Then you can come. And then Harley says, I love you, pretty girl. And Poison Ivy says, I love you too, and I'll see you in a sec. But she will not see her in a sec because Poison Ivy will be dead. Uh, (laughs) Nark... Nark is next to the dead body of I can't remember his name, but he's the one who was like, "Don't do drugs," and then he does drugs, um, and he says, I, "No." Nark says, "I'm I'm scared." No, I don't I don't want to be scared. And then uh, he he dies, and it's really dark. I don't. It doesn't really show how he dies. You know, it's not like a laser hits him or anything, or a hammer hits him. It's just like he's looking down at the kid's dead body, and then he's dead himself with the blood. Yeah, he got hit by something, but we don't really know what. Yeah, or maybe he and was already we see hit Lala. and was just bleeding out. Yeah, maybe. Th- that's possible. And then because uh, there is blood like all over the front porch of the house there in the long shot. <clears throat> uh, then we see Wally with Roy's dead body, and he says the same line as he had in I think it was issue three, where he says, "Roy, why, why did it? The kids, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be alone." And then he gets zapped by Booster Gold. And then they have the same kind of lines that they had from when Harley yeah. was shown killing Wally. It's like, huh, I didn't see you there. Sound familiar. And then uh, this place was supposed to be fun. Yeah. So um, basically what that shows us is there's two different uh, versions of it. There's Booster's version where he sees Harley hit him. And then there's Harley's version where she sees Booster hit him. So yeah. And the Harley one was telling the truth. It basically shows they're both unreliable. Yeah. Which is super confusing, but also not confusing. Okay, it's confusing if we really think about it. But if we don't think about it that much, I feel like it's not confusing. Should we really think about yeah. it? Or should we just kind of, you know. Let's re- really mean. think about it. <laughs> so, Flash War happened. What happened in the end of Flash War? Do you remember? Time travel is no longer a thing. Yep, you can no longer time travel. But why did Wally die in a field? Or outside, I'll say. And then also die inside. Outside by Harley, inside by Booster Gold. Why is but Wally's body five day old? Like what there's the two heck different is going on? There's two different Wallies. There's two different Wallies. One of them is Walter West, the, the Dark Flash. And oh. uh, yeah, he is one. <laughs> That's my theory. Uh no, is, is but that I think a real the, theory of the yours? Cover- <laughs> It is a real theory, but it's not oh. like a, it's a little too crockpot. But uh, crockpot, that's not the right word. Uh, but anyway, you remember that cover that came out the other day or last week or so? It was the two Wallies on the cover. And, yeah. I, and I was insistent in our group chat, Hunter, that one of them has blue eyes, one of them has green eyes. I was insistent on this. I, I'm so confident on this. And then I even the I messaged Clay Man about it, the artist of it, and he left me on red. So thank you a lot, Clay Man. <laughs> He's like, what the hell but, is this guy um, talking about? <laughs> In the Dark Flash saga, which is a Mark Wade story, Mark Wade's last Flash story actually, there's two different Wallies uh, from different realities: Walter and then Wally. Walter has different color eyes than Wally does. That's how they're like. They have like a few differences. Like Walter's like ten years older, and uh, he looks like slightly different. He has like a lightning scar. Uh, but anyway, he other than that, he's like kind of identical to Wally, but he has different color eyes, right? So different reality. I think there's two different Wallies. That's why the cover shows us two different Wallies, and. That's why we see these two different endings, if you will, for the two different Wallies. Maybe something here. I don't know. Give me something here, Tom King. <laughs> okay, well, Roy's body is also outside or inside. So it's not like they were like Harley kill one, Booster kill one in the same continuity. Because why is Roy's yeah, body one, outside? One is Harley's perspective. One is Booster's perspective. They're both blaming each other. So, so what's I reality? What would reality uh, reality be? is often di- reality is often disappointing i think that uh. <laughs> I, I don't know I, I really don't know i think the killer is still somehow wally it might be a different wally in a different reality although i don't know because dark flash is a good guy in the end so maybe not i don't know so you think none of these are reality none no I, I still think that i still think it's the ai system who killed them all or it's Wally who killed them all through the AI system and didn't intentionally do it. If the AI system killed them all, that would mean technically Batman killed them all. <laughs> Since that's Batman Bruce Wayne technology. Or I guess Bruce Wayne technology, would that mean Lucius Fox killed them all? We're getting off track here. I just think that I still, I feel like something could be built upon on these two Wally theories, but I don't know exactly how it could formulate. But I don't know. I feel like and I know covers can be deceiving and they don't always equal what's inside, but 
I feel like there was two Wallys on the cover for a reason, and I swear to you, they have different color eyes. Mm. If you're listening crazy. to this, look up what cover is this? Heroes in Crisis number eight, nine. It's the cover to the last issue, number nine. Okay, look up the Clayman cover for that, and let us know what you think. Is it blue eyes? Is I it swear green eyes? You, I, maybe they're brown. I swear to you, one of them has blue eyes, one of them has green eyes. And I think that's, I mean, maybe it's nothing, maybe it's a coloring error, but I think it signifies something. Because even on the black and white version that only had like the color of like, you know, very few colors, that doesn't really make sense. But like the non-colored version had like a few colors and one of them was one of the eyes being blue and one of the eyes not being blue. I'm not crazy. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're, okay. You're not crazy. Let us know if JD's crazy <laughs> or not. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of just see them both have kind of like greenish eyes. So, but maybe I'm just. I swear to you, one of them has blue. Maybe I'm slightly colorblind or something. We'll, I, we'll see. But yeah. yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think of Heroes in Christ number six? It was a good issue. I enjoyed the three stories. However, it kind of felt like a filler. You know, last issue is ended. It definitely is a filler. With Brewster Gold being like. That, that Wally's body is five days old, and then we get no answers from that at all. Just more questions. So it's like, uh, you I know, Brian Michael rest. Bendis said in Young in his Young Justice comic, every issue will have more answers answered. Uh, it seems like here's a crisis is the opposite. Every issue will have more questions unanswered, and just create more and more questions. So. I I thought the issue was good though. I I gave it. You know, I was entertained. I I was sickened. But curious. So I give it like a seven. Okay. Uh, I initially really didn't like this issue. Upon a reread, I like it more, but I'm still not completely sold on it. Again, I'm just maybe it's just I'm not a Tom King fan of the like whole advanced dialogue. I just feel like it's way too overdone, in my opinion. And I had a disagreement with uh, my friends Comic Prince and Comic Savior on Instagram. Go check them out. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's a friendly disagreement. I, I just think that, and it's it's just me not being a fan of Tom King style, but it just didn't work for me. It's an overcomplication. So yeah, I'm gonna go with a five point five. Oh wow, a little low for me. But. That's super low. Okay, wow. I just I really didn't enjoy this issue. I don't know. It, it wasn't me. Okay, negative man. What can I say? <laughs> um, you know what I just realized before we got to the comics, we didn't do our cover of the week and our pick of the week. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you want to do it now? Completely forgot. Um, yeah, just real quick. Uh, my cover of the week is Heroes in Christ number six, the variant. I got the uh, Ryan Souk variant. It's so awesome. It's the death of Barry Allen. And then my pick of the week is Flash number 65, which we're going to cover next. So Yeah, I guess my pick of the week would be either Shazam or Flash number 65. My cover of the week would probably be uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 16 or Action Comics number 1008. Spider-Man cover shows Craven looking all cool looking, Craven Hunter, and some knives and some pictures. Uh, an Ashton Comics cover is Jimmy Olsen with his hands up surrounded by people with guns. So, that's illegal. Anyways, on to Flash. <laughs> if I can find my Flash. Yeah, Versus Gotham Girl. And uh, Gotham Girl is glowing because, well, she's probably on her way to death. And uh, Oh, for, first off, first off, when we left off. When we left off, uh, for those just joining us and don't know what's happening in the story, there's a character named Gotham Girl. Every time she uses her powers, she dies. Like, she's slowly dying. It's like a tumor that's growing every time she uses her powers. Her powers are flight, super strength, everything Superman has, basically. Her brother had the same experience about three years ago in real life. And he used all his powers to the point where he died. This whole story is about Gotham Girl trying to bring him back, but she's failing to do so. And now uh, she's just kind of, kind of trying to kill herself in a way while putting as much destruction on Central City as she can. And Flash and Batman are trying to save her. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's using like a Super Venom to keep her alive while she's using her powers. But Super Venom, of course, has its withdrawals like Venom does. And uh, her face starts to turn all green and then it turns all black. And uh, then she throws up this like kind of blackish, greenish goo. And she falls from where she was flying. Batman's very worried about her. Uh, Claire, he yells. Uh, Iris is there for some reason. Well, for a reason later on. Uh, Batman tries to kind of give her CPR and resuscitate her. And he gets like kind of visions of the sanctuary house. And then Flash is like, we need to do this together. And he does like, he speed pumps her. And he like brings, he like summons lightning. He's like seeing visions of Wally. And then uh, he gets like, 
he says he even says like please wally as he's uh giving her mouth to mouth and then he like summons lightning which basically kickstarts her it's a lot like in flash the fast man alive number i want to say number six but it could have been number eight but i want to go with number six uh bart allen was able to do that to kickstart jay garrick's heart after he had like a heart attack so really yeah, cool stuff i feel like it's kind of like you know when flashes run how lightning comes out i feel like he's just moving his arms so fast that lightning just kind of generated and brought claire back also, I feel like that would have broke yeah. her ribs, but we're just probably. <laughs> um, so Iris is watching the whole thing, and she says, uh, "They're like, don't worry, we're gonna save you, Gotham girl." And then Iris says, "Like you saved Wally? What's the matter with you?" Uh, she walks up to Batman, and she's very mad, and she said, "I'm not afraid of you, Batman." And uh, he, she interrupts him from being like Iris, and then she slaps Batman <laughs> across the face. This Williamson talked about how um, she was gonna go good on her threat that you know if while if anything happens to Wally, the Trinity has to answer to her, and Iris West is a badass. <laughs> I feel like um, that's not much of a consequence that Bruce has to go with being just like slapped in the face. Like, well, I think it's more <laughs> it's like a metaphorical slap in the face too, though, because he knows that you know his decisions to have these heroes go to sanctuary has repercussions and somebody like iris who's like a mother to wally okay. has to watch her child die so i like it makes sense it's yeah. makes sense uh Fla- flash runs off with gotham girl's body and iris is upset she says but she says go uh they're in the back cave and gotham girl is in like a green tube and i guess it's keeping her alive it's like in the middle of the back cave it's almost like uh it's like around like a bunch of batmobiles it's where i picture the robin jason todd's robin suit would have been if it was still up. Yeah, up yeah, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. It was um, where it looks like the, it was the, where the uh Batman's letter from his father in Flashpoint was before Reverse yeah. Flash ripped it to pieces. Yeah. Now I have a question here. I think we have another continuity error, but I could be wrong. Okay. You see in the Batcave the giant pennies there? Didn't that get destroyed by Wonder Woman in one of the issues recently? I think it was not destroyed, but just and knocked like it got over. dropped to the bottom of the cave. Yeah, I guess they could have just found a way to bring it up, giant magnet okay. or something. I feel okay. like that's not no, much of a continuity error. They could have just brought it back. Okay, fair enough. Um, so then this is where Bruce and Barry get heated, and I actually think this is some of Williamson's best dialogue, minus one line. But I think this is some of Williamson's best dialogue. I thought it was really well done here, the back and forth between uh, Bruce and Barry. I don't should know. We, if, should we do it? Agree. Should we do it? Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. do it? Yeah, <laughs> we'll read it. Uh, All right. You want to be Barry or Bruce? Oh, I got to be Barry. <laughs> okay. History of the Flash, I'll be Batman. Which what part All are we right. starting at? Uh, at the <clears throat> thank you for saving her life. Okay, hold on. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah. Okay, so basically, just a little context here. Bruce and Barry are in the Batcave, and they decide, let's talk, or argue in a way. So I'm going to try to do a Batman voice here. Test, test, one, two. Thank you for saving her life, Barry. Did I? Of course. Now, I can do what I should have done before. Help Claire become a hero. And if she snaps again? There is no good solution here. No easy fix if she uses her powers. She could die. But if she wants to be a hero, I, I can't stop her. We bring people into this life. We know it's wrong. But we keep bringing them in anyway. And, it, and this life, it, it never stops. Gotham Girl was right about you. What happened to the Barry Allen who was always hopeful and optimistic? He died along with Wally West. You act like you have all the answers, but you're just as clueless and playing it by the ear as the rest of us. The greatest trick that Batman ever pulled was making people think that he always has a plan. Barry, I... We can't allow this to happen again, ever. (laughs) The price of of wearing these costumes is just too much. The... Ah, I can't read. Okay. We pay the price so our loved ones don't have to. But they do, Bruce. They do. Because we keep failing them. This pain, it never stops. This life, it never stops. Every day there's a new case to investigate. There are too many damn mysteries. But there's one thing we did solve. We are the ones putting our loved ones in danger. Our friends, our families, all of them. Another bullet for Alfred. Another abduction for Iris. Another innocent in the crossfire. Another dead Robin. At least I never forget one of my partners ever existed. Then Barry goes all sicko mode on Bruce. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, 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 the lightning is in his eyes, and uh, the, the back cave like, detects that he's about to charge at Bruce, and it shoots like these Batman little says, green. Yeah, like green energy blasts. 
Batman says, Barry, don't. He puts on his cowl. And then he throws on the mask. Like he's ready to throw down. He's like, hmm. And then Bruce jumps up to punch Barry. And he stops right before he hits. Oh, no. Other way around. jumps up to hit Bruce. Yeah. Barry runs. And then uh, right as he's about to hit him in the face, he goes, I could hit you a hundred times before you could throw one punch. And then he says, but I'm not you. Which I love this scene. And he runs off. I I thought this was amazing. The, the only line I think is pretty bad is, at least I didn't forget one of my partners. But, like, other than that, I thought this is some of Williamson's best dialogue. Yeah, it, no, I agree. This was really good. Uh, probably one of the best Flash scenes in Rebirth. This is a Flash title, right? Yeah. So, just mm-hmm. Barry and Bruce arguing is something we don't see often. We never see. I feel like this is the first time. And both sides have good parts. I feel like they both went a little far, which is good. Like, it's good writing. It's just, it makes me like, oh. And that's so. Barry saying another dead Robin and Bruce saying, at least I never forgot one of my partners existed. Yeah. I feel like that's like, mm, that's like, I feel bad for them now. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, things are obviously heated between them and Gotham Girls just like an example of why do we let people come into this life of ours? Like, there, somebody always has to pay the price. So I, I like this. The whole, you know, the price is the central message. I, I really like this. I thought this was a really good issue. But that's not where the issue ends. So uh, Barry gets back to his apartment, and uh, it's a letter from Iris. And uh, I won't read the whole thing, but to sum it up, uh, she talks about how she was struggling to write Wally's obituary, but then she finally gets it about how he was a good man. He tried to make the, uh, He tried to make the world a better place, but then she realized something while writing this. That she wasn't writing Wally's obituary. She was writing Barry's. And then Barry, uh, she says that, you know, you saved my life so many times. And I know that if, even if I asked you to walk away from this life, you would for a little bit. But it wouldn't last. So you saved my life so many times. I think I should live it. And then that's the real cost, isn't it? You can save everyone, but you can't save yourself. And you're all alone. I was like, holy crap. That letter was really well written, too. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was. It, it, it's funny because this isn't the first time Williamson's done like a big letter like that. Uh, he did one at the end of like the perfect storm. Uh, and he did one, uh, I think it was Wally to Iris. So I, I think he's really good with like the whole letter writing. So, yeah, very good, Williamson. It I really is. like this issue. Uh, there is an epilogue, which is kind of setting up actually DC's next event, the Year of the Villains. The Year of the Villain. Uh, it's basically Batman and Superman are in the Batcave watching looking at the bat screen and that has just a list of superheroes just like you name a hero there's uh, i guess there's a small chance they're on there's about 30 heroes on here including batman's own son damian wayne and they start talking how they don't know who to trust uh, do you have the comic in front of you i do do you want to do the voice thing again sure you be batman i'll be superman okay i don't even know it says the first line because it doesn't actually show but uh, I, th- I think it's Bruce. Okay. So they're looking at the screen with all these heroes, including like Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman are some of the uh, Justice League heroes on there. And Batman starts by saying, too many mysteries. We've saved the multiverse at least a dozen times. 11 by my count. You missed one. Mm-hmm. This time is different. You don't know him like I do. He could have gotten to anyone, turned them. We need to investigate everyone who hasn't acted like themselves in the last few months. We don't know who we can trust. Bruce, I don't even know if I could trust you. But we're out of options. This is bigger than both of us. And as much as I hate keeping secrets from our friends and family, we're going to need to be careful about who we let into this investigation. What about Flash? He's one of the best CSIs and detectives in the world. We could start with him if we showed him the evidence we found, and he could point us in the right direction. We can trust Flash, right? Batman? And then they zoom in on a picture of Flash on the screen. And uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. The mystery deepens in DC's Year of the Villain coming soon. I might be so, thinking too great much. Setup. Yeah, great setup. I feel, might be thinking too much into it, but Batman's line where he says, We need to investigate everyone who hasn't acted like themselves. That's like, oh, wow. So a lot of these yeah. characters haven't acted like themselves recently due to sometimes bad writing. <laughs> but Damien's been keeping yeah. distance from his dad. Uh, Flash and Bruce just had that big fight. Oliver Queen's been kind of going a little ang- more angry than usual ever since Roy died. Uh, Cyborg's feeling guilty after what happened to No Justice, like breaking the multiverse. So there, a lot of these characters aren't acting much like themselves. Oh, another one on there is Batwoman, who, after killing Clayface, has kind of gone with, like, you know what, killing bad guys is something that we should be thinking about doing. Like, it makes sense, and I'm really curious. And, like, that was a great setup, and 
that, that is an amazing setup. I'm so excited for You're the Villain now, and I want it now. <laughs> but it's something that will unfold over the next year. But, yeah, I thought that was a great setup, and I thought this was a great issue. I re- this is uh, a top five Williamson issue for me. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, uh, of, I of could his agree. Flash run. I could agree, and just because that scene in the Batcave alone is so good. So, yeah. And the art's great, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rafa Sandoval is always a treat. He does some great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give that issue like a nine, I'll say. I'm, I'm going to go 9.5, and it, it could have been a 10, but the whole, uh, at least I didn't forget my partner, is like the equivalent of, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. Like, it's a terrible comeback. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I guess it is in a way. And it's a little out of character, but I guess they were in the heat of the moment. All right, next comic. True. Uh, let's go with Shazam number three, and we'll try to go a little bit quicker because I just realized how long we went on both Heroes in Crisis and yeah, we'll uh, Flash. Uh, quick recap. So Shazam number when, three. There yeah, in when Candyland. we left off, uh, the Shazamily, which is what I'm calling the Shazam fam. Uh, oh, I like that name. That's yeah, good. <laughs> Shazamily, and uh, they basically uh, they found they went to where the wizard usually lives. They found a bunch of portals leading to other places. They went to the one called Funland, which is basically like Disneyland on steroids, as they describe it. Just like tons of ride tons of candy shops and stuff like that and they're just running around there having a good old time like someone was revealed in the last issue named uh king kid i believe his name was yep and he's basically like the ruler of the place and he invites uh billy bats and his wonderful family to join him for a feast of basically like pizza and ice cream and night and chocolate and cake and yeah so it's a bunch of and and there's a ton of kids here there's like everyone here is a kid. There are no adults allowed. So there's like hundreds of kids. Yeah. 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 The oldest person is probably Mary Marvel. She's uh, 17 years old, I believe. Yeah, she's 17. Uh, but yeah, King, King Kid is really treating the Shazamily very nicely. And they're all starting to trust him. And he wants to know one thing. He wants to know the magic word so he could join them and be the seventh member of their family, the seventh throne. And uh, one of the, I don't know this one's name. Uh, Darla. I don't know any of the Shazamily's name. Darla, sorry. Darla is about to say the word, and Mary Marvel's like, nope, you're not going to say it just yet. It's a secret. And then uh, King Kid's like, what do I need to do to to earn your trust? And uh, Billy says, well, I need to feel like you're part of my family. I need to know it in my heart. That's how the other parts of the Shazamily got their powers. Uh, Mary Marvel is very doubtful of King Kid, and she doesn't actually eat any of the food. And she's not trying to be disrespectful, but she's, you know, she's skeptical. And it's probably because she's older and a little bit more mature. Uh, King Kid gives a little bit of his backstory of how he was feeling really down, uh, so he ran away from his parents. Uh, he went through like some little like uh, little door and went through a jungle, and he ended up in a peppermint field. And there was a scepter next to him. It was his wishing stick, and he wished for a Ferris, uh, not a Ferris wheel, a merry-go-round, and boom, it appeared, and it was awesome. But he got lonely. But then kids started to show up. So he made another uh, merry-go-round and another one. And then eventually he made the whole amusement park. Then uh, we find out there's other magic lands. Uh, there are not just the fun lands, but there's also the game lands, the dark lands, the earth lands, the monster lands, the wild lands, and the was Wonderland. It, it's Wonderlands, but t- but change the N for a Z. Yeah, and the Earthlands okay. is a uh, Earth. So these are like yeah. other dimensions, I guess. Demand, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're they're looking at the map and uh, King Kid. They say they're about to go home because while well, their foster parents are probably worrying about them, they've been gone for a while. And King Kid's like, "Home? Why would you ever want to go home?" And like, "Oh, well, we have to go to our parents." And King Kid is pissed that they have parents because he he distrusts any adult in his life, and he's got these creepy little like clowns working for him. They're kind of like Oompa Loompas, but <laughs> they have like, very <laughs> creepy smiles. Uh, they they start taking down the Shazamily and covering their mouths so they can't say you know the magic word Shazam. But two of them are able to turn Freddy three. and three. Oh, three. I'm sorry, Freddy, Billy, and no, not Freddy. <laughs> it's a it's no, Billy, the guy with the glasses <laughs> and the bigger one. It's not Freddy though. Freddy's the <laughs> one with the cane. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, the my fault. Too. I thought Freddy turned. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're turned. It's the one with the green suit, the one with the like silver slash white suit, and then Billy. Uh, and then <laughs> this is kind of cringy dialogue. He goes, "Let's <laughs> let them go or get wrecked." But Billy is a kid, so I guess it's kind of expected. Yeah. Um, but the King so then, Kid kind of freaks out over this. He starts calling them liars, being like, "You're adults. You tricked us." Even though it's kind of the other way around, where the kids and being the adult is like a trick in a way. So they're not fully like you. You know what I mean. 
So yeah, then they start yeah. fighting King Kid, and King Kid kind of like summons Laffy Taffy. It looks like to like kind of control them, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- they run into a room of like a million doors, and uh, they don't know which door to go through. But then the clowns keep coming out, and they push them into one of the doors. And the doors are basically portals, and they bring them to uh, what looks like the inside of a video game. Oh, Pedro is one of their names. Uh, so Pedro and the other one are in like a video game land. Uh, the game lands. And then uh, Darla and Freddy get pushed into a portal, but they're not in their Shazam, uh, you know, forms, their ego, their adult alter ego. And uh, they land in a place where there are cops around them, and the cops are cats. <laughs> and a horse. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, and a horse. And then they got to follow the laws and they got to feed the kids to the tigers. Yeah, they're in the wildlands. Yeah. So the Shazam has yeah. been split up into the other realms of the universe. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Next month in Shazam, uh, into the Wildlands, was... into the Gamelands, and the secret of King Kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought this was a very good issue. I mean, it's Jeff Johns, but like, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I had fun with it. Shazam's a really fun series to read, I find. I give it like an 8. It was a fun book. Yeah, yeah I'd go with 8 as well. I enjoyed it and can't wait for the next issue. Yeah. Uh, so our next comic of the week will be Action Comics number 1008, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Action Comics 1008, kind of a slow issue in my opinion. Uh, I mean, yeah. not like bad. I just thought it was kind of slow. I don't there's know not much agree. to recap to. Like, just there's nothing really going on here. All you really need to know is that yeah. Lois hasn't been at the Daily Planet for a while. Yeah, pretty much it um and then she kind of confronts jimmy olsen and <laughs> there's a really funny scene where he bangs his head on a desk and she calls it uh but yeah other than that not really much happens um yeah not much to oh, say well, on this issue i guess yeah well they they tease the uh levathon which is uh bendis's part of the year of the villain that was at the end so okay yeah, so yeah it's basically teases. lois lane goes back to the daily planet that's all you've <laughs> It was the big thing that happened yeah. this issue. So, welcome back, Lois. What do you rate the issue? What do you think of it? You like it? <laughs> Quick recap. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I give it a, I mean, it was a slow burner. I give it a seven. It was slow, but yeah. I was entertained. Yeah. All right. Uh, Detective Comics number nine ninety nine. Uh, and this issue, this issue was like kind of trippy. It was kind of weird, right? Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I liked it in a weird way. So, uh, Batman is with a kid version of himself who is wearing a bat suit, and. Um, they kind of fight, but he refuses to fight his kid self. It's really trippy, like the entire Yeah, entire just, time. just like, a I'm, little recap, I, though. Uh, Batman's been going through some tough stuff lately. Uh, his doctor, Leslie, died. Uh, there's been people trying to kill Zero him. Zoro up Alfred. Yeah, he's barely survived everything he's been through. Yeah, Zoro yeah. stabbed Alfred. Uh, he's, like not, he's not doing so good here. Now a kid version of himself is fighting him. Yeah. yeah, but the kid turns to an adult version of Bruce, and then they actually fight. They fight through the window, and they go to Thomas and Martha's grave, and now he's back as a kid. Uh, this was actually a really cool, uh, a really cool scene here. I like the way Tomasi did the dialogue here um, about how three people were murdered that night outside the Monarch Theater: Martha, Bruce. Uh, sorry, Martha, Thomas, and Bruce's childhood. So I was like, wow, that was that was whew, that was kind of deep. <laughs> but when was he born? Uh, Baptized in his own blood. These graves aren't here to feed revenge. These graves are here to feed justice. They represent the living and breathing citizens you prevent from going into the dark before their time. Everything has a price. With, with, with dialogue like that, sometimes I wish that Tomasi was the one doing Heroes in Crisis, because god damn, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really well written, and adult Bruce goes I, I back to little Bruce, I think that's a way to be deep too. without being overcomplicated, and this is what I was talking about before. But anyway... Uh, the kid Bruce goes into the uh, grave and he says, it's time Bruce starts to bury the kid version of himself. And he says, never question your mission. Gotham needs you. And, and then, then we single see tear goes Bruce in like a tube of green stuff in like a weird looking suit. And uh, he's like, Gotham needs me. Gotham needs me. Damien and Alfred are watching him and he breaks through the glass and comes out alive, reborn, if you will. <laughs> uh, I, I guess the, that's kind of how it is. Uh, he stands in the whole row of bat suits, and he realizes what his mission is to uh, to honor the oath that he has meant to be serving. And uh, yeah, I don't know Th- the way this was all written. Like, I-, I can't do justice to this dialogue. I think you really need to read this, but I thought it was amazingly written. Do you understand what happened here? Yeah, yeah. So basically, for those who <laughs> are confused over what happened, the entire 
I guess if you've been listening to the podcast for the past like three months, uh, <laughs> the arc that we've been talking about where Batman's going through hell, uh, Leslie's dying, all the, he's like barely surviving all these things, were all fake. It was he was basically playing mm-hmm. PlayStation Five VR because like he was in this tube that he does every year on his birthday where it trains him in a way mentally goes through all these challenges where he thinks it's real even though it's fake and uh just all these challenges of things trying to kill him and he needs to see how much he could survive or all these things trying to mess up his mind but he's trying to survive through it and if he survives through it he gets out so that's what he was doing that he does on his birthday it's like a challenge i guess so Bas- leslie basically actually it's a better it's, it's a better version of nightmares <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nightmares is tom king's dream run but yeah this is like a dream he had about all these terrible things he woke up and he's all good and he tells damien like i do this on my birthday every year it's just to train me and plus when he looks yeah. at all the suits you can see the original batman suit with the kind of wider looking ears and the purple gloves so i like that yeah, and I, and I like what he says to Damien. He says, like, because uh, Damien's like, why would you do that to yourself? And he says, evolve or die, boy. So I was like, mm, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And he also says, like, 182 Gotham citizens were murdered this year. Uh, last year is 214. I want to get it to zero. That's, yeah. like, his goal. So Absolute zero. Yeah, that and then uh, in the epilogue, he visits Leslie, and he goes to take her out to dinner, and she's and he asks what she needs to make the clinic better. Uh, do you need a new wing? And she's like, well, you know, we could use an extra floor. And he goes, how about a whole new building? And she's like, yeah, that would be better. And then uh, he takes her out for dinner, and it was a nice little, like, cute scene with Alfred. And, yeah, that was pretty much Yeah, it was nice how it wasn't just Bruce taking Leslie out to dinner. It was Bruce and Alfred taking her to dinner. Yeah. Yes, it was nice. Um, I like this arc. It, it was a surprising arc because I didn't see that coming. Usually, <laughs> and I'm glad Leslie's yeah. alive because Leslie's a cool character. Usually when, for dream arcs, uh, I don't really like them because it's like they're, everything that happened didn't actually happen. But it's this like, was it's good. This was like a cop-out, like the way they get out of it. Yeah, this was really good. This was well-written. I'm glad Leslie's back. I'm just, it's a good, it's a good arc. I highly recommend it. I'm looking forward to Tomasi continuing his Batman stories, not in dream form. After Bat- Detective Comics 1000. Yeah. So uh, what do you rate the issue? And I loved it. I give it like a 8 maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.5. It was it was interesting. And it was not your typical dream scenario. So I yeah. like it. And I like that the, the dialogue is like really well written here. So I highly recommend reading this issue if you have not. Really the whole arc. Yeah. Since this episode is going a little longer than most episodes, we tend to wrap up at around an hour. We still have a few comics left. Left, but instead we're actually going to skip a lot of them. We're going to skip the character of the week. We're just going to go straight to Captain America number eight. We're going to discuss that and wrap it up from there. So, Captain number Captain America number eight, you're up, JD. All right. So I was three issues behind on this, and I didn't even realize. So I got to binge read a little bit. I read uh, five, six, seven, and then eight, and or six, seven, and eight. But either way, uh, really good. Uh, I've been really liking this series. It's cool. Uh, if you did not read the last issue. Basically, Captain America has been framed for murder, the murder of Thunderbolt Ross, General mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Ross. And, uh, yeah, he goes to prison for it because there's it, 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 all the evidence is damning to him, even though there's not really, like, physical evidence. But, yeah. He's uh, so trial. he's in prison. Yeah. He, yeah, he's in um, – it's, it's, like, an undisclosed location. It's called Black Site. Uh, he ripped in prison doing pull-ups and stuff, but he's in a prison of people that I'm guessing like he kind of put there because the other prisoners do not like him. <laughs> yeah, which uh, makes sense. Th- there, there's this girl named Alexa visiting visiting him. Uh, I don't know who she is. Uh, I don't I, either. Because <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea who this is. But she calls him Steven, which I found kind of weird because you never hear anybody call Captain America anything other than like, you know, Steve. So yeah. That's like calling me by my full name. Hunter. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, Captain America is uh, talking about how he served the country and what it has cost the government and, and taking down Hydra. Kind of interesting. And he, uh, the warden of the prison is a former Hydra guy, but uh, since he turned over his Hydra buddies, he gets to run the prison he's not a good man but yeah he runs a prison and it's like a pretty bad prison like the worst of the worst are here including yeah. captain america <laughs> the real worst of the worst. there's some cool uh, looking villains in here too there's a uh, th- there's there's one who looks like bane from the dark knight rises yeah he's totally like yeah <laughs> yeah um there's 
there's like a lot of villains here actually there's like a reptile looking one but more of like a snaky body uh jack-o-lantern's here he's a spider-man villain so it's the guy yeah. with the pump flaming pumpkin head so that's cool but he doesn't have any yeah. dialogue yeah. Uh, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises has immediate beef with Steve for some reason. <laughs> uh, uh, so Sharon goes to sit down with uh, Wilson Fisk, who's the mayor of New York City, if you haven't been reading uh, some other Marvel titles. With he Spider-Man. appeared in Daredevil this week and, and Spider-Man. He's been appearing in Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, she, Sharon knows that uh, that Kingpin can you know pull some strings and get Steve acquitted he knows everything that happens in this town like if if a guy like ross gets killed fisk knows everything about it and then fisk is kind of playing like what i know nothing about this <laughs> i'm a servant of the people which is all bullcrap yeah uh he knows everything that's happening uh he he says that he doesn't like to share but he gives her like a little usb stick i, I don't know what's on the usb stick but maybe it's something that she, uh, sharon could use to further investigate yeah it's like um Sharon basically blacksmith or blacksmith blackmailed. Uh, <laughs> she she forged an iron sword. <laughs> no, she's blackmailing uh, Wilson Fisk here. So it's like, hey, I have photos of you talking to some sketchy people. Uh, I'll release them unless you give me information. So he gave her a yeah. USB drive. But he was also like yeah, stood over the- her like a giant like you do not threaten me. And yeah. yeah, and I love the dialogue at the end. Uh, he says, but if you ask this city, this country, yeah. who trusts more, Wilson Fisk or Steve Rogers, what do you think they'd say? So, yeah, everyone's turning on Steve. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, they're playing pool. They're playing uh, billiards pool in the uh, prison, and that's when Bane really takes up his beef with uh, Steve. I'm, I'm just going to refer to him as Bane because I have no idea what his name is, but he really looks like Bane from The Dark Knight Rises with the mask. He's like a huge bald dude. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, he bumps Steve Rogers, and Rogers doesn't really want anything to do with it. I mean, he's just trying to serve his sentence and uh, you know keep going until Sharon could uncover something. But of course, he has to push back. And then this guy with like kind of uh, I, I don't know who this guy is. He's kind of got like bushy hair. Uh, like spiky hair uh, blonde yeah really he looks familiar but i don't really know who he is either yeah but but he talks about how uh how steve's like not an innocent in this and how like he's killed people before and his buddies have killed people before i guess he's talking about bucky uh yeah which was kind of interesting and uh, they, bucky is yeah. he's like on. in a uh in a bar rather Right? Or was that not? Oh, maybe that was last issue. Last issue, he was like questioning somebody uh, in a bar. So Bucky obviously has yeah, not, not the cleanest shit. hands, and with his whole past, yeah, being like a slave to Hydra and stuff. Yeah, it's a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah, not 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 the cleanest past. Um, mm. then um, the villain from like a few issues ago with like the orange glowing hands and the glowing eyes appears at the end, and uh, I don't know who it is that she uh, takes down on the plane. Yeah, they don't really you know say. Who that is? No, it's it's a blonde guy. He looks like Captain America, but not as ripped. He looks like a younger version of Steve. Yeah, he kind of melts his face though. <laughs> yeah, and then um, they say, "Yes, sir." It's been taken care of. Uh, then there's like the female fighters who are with uh, Sharon, and Sharon has Steve's shield, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're basically working, filling in for Captain America. And uh, they have to take down somebody named the Foreigner, uh, and he's apparently Silver Sable's ex-husband. So, yeah, apparently he's the one who killed Ross. Mm-hmm. And next up is Captain America number nine. Look up the cover; it's probably the best Captain America cover I've ever seen. <laughs> it's by Alex Ross. He yeah. does all the Captain America covers. Yeah, Alex Ross killing the covers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do you think of the issue, and what do you rate it? Uh, this issue was a little confusing for fans, comic fans that haven't read much Marvel, like me and you. I find mm-hmm. uh, JD and I yep. just got into Marvel like last year. Uh, besides that, we just read big events here and there. But uh, it was good. I feel like it'd be better if I knew all the characters. But besides that, like I give it an eight. An eight. Seeing Cap in jail is interesting. It's not gonna last long. I'm gonna call it by issue ten. He's out. Okay, probably. Um, I'm going to give the issue a 7.5. I thought it was pretty good. And like you said, seeing Cap in jail is different and interesting. And uh, based on the cover of next week's issue, like it looks like he's fighting off some of the prisoners. I think we can make for some interesting scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, definitely a good issue. Yep. Uh, I mean, confusing. Confusing, but good. good. Yeah. Um, And then 
uh, just really quickly, I really like Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil is kind of in the same boat as Captain America. Uh, he's been framed for murder, and uh, Wilson Fisk is kind of playing his cards here. But they, they the cops investigating, suspect uh, Wilson Fisk in this, but Fisk owns the police department. I mean, he's the mayor. Uh, anyway, the two cops go to investigate and they see Daredevil. Daredevil's still kind of off his game. He hits one of the cops with like his little uh, baton, uh, but the other cop shoots Daredevil. And uh, yeah, that's where the issue ends. It's like Daredevil has been shot. So uh, Daredevil is looking like it's going to be a great series and I can't wait to keep reading it because it's so good so far. I'll probably Hunter, get into get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. I will. I'll let, let my comic store know that I'll want to pick up issue one and two. Uh, Spider-Man was good though. <laughs> you should probably check that out. I'll briefly mention that it was really good. It was kind of like uh, it was mostly focused on Craven the Hunter. Actually, Spider-Man was barely in it. It was all about Craven and his plan for this arc. And his main plan is to find every single villain with an animal type of theme to them. For example, Rhino. Say or, Rhino. <laughs> yeah, Rhino or Lizard or Vulture, and not just Spider-Man villains though. He's getting a lot of villains in this, and he wants to set them all into his country and have a bunch of hunters from around the world just hunt them down. So that's mm-hmm. it's, his main plan is kind of weird, but it's it's interesting. He basically wants to make the Hunger Games for hunters. So yeah, it was interesting. Good. And yeah, I guess that's, that's all we'll talk about this week on the show since uh, we don't have much time left and but all the comments that came out this week there weren't really any bad ones i mean just league odyssey was good i guess uh what else did we I, I thought there was like a lot of just very average comics like action was very average jlo was very average uh i mean i guess you can make the argument that even captain america was kind of average yeah so very uh, average comic week yeah next week we got some more comics though i believe we have a batman issue continuing the nightmares arc i don't know what else is out next week but we will be sure. Uh, Justice League Justice League is going oh. to the sixth dimension. I know that. Oh, Corey yeah, yeah, yeah. is back on art, on art, so I'm very excited for that. Yep. That's right, George Jims. Uh, we will re- be reviewing that next week, but that's not all. We'll also be reviewing Captain Marvel, the movie, next week on the show, <laughs> I think, I believe. I have my tickets already, so uh, we'll let you know I'll how we think of this. Tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get late. we'll let you guys know what we think of the movie. It'll be out Friday morning, probably. We'll give you our little recap or review, blah, 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 blah. Thanks for tuning in to A Hero Story. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review, and we do read the reviews. So uh, leave your name in there, and we'll give you a little shout. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>